Hey, welcome to the Everyday Sniper. You got Frank from Sniper's Hide here. Mike's busy working. We didn't get a chance to link up this weekend. Uh, he, he was uh, doing some stuff for Mile High. And uh, I don't know where he went today. He had something going on that he said he was going to listen to the podcast uh, that I did yesterday. But I hope you guys' commutes are going well and, and you're not stuck in too much traffic. I, I know how that used to be coming from the East Coast like we talked about. The I-95 traffic it was a nightmare, and, and so hopefully this will take some of that sting away, having to deal with the the traffic gods out on the street. Um, I've been going through on the forums quite a bit. A lot of, lot of response, a lot of back and forth, really good stuff, but I want to address a couple things that I, I sort of, we've talked about in these podcasts already, but it, it just keeps on repeating and repeating, and, and the errors are getting repeated. Uh, Listen, we're in the age of accuracy. We're in the age of technology. We're using software and everybody wants this, you know, half MOA or better accuracy out of software. Yet we're repeating the same old tired errors. Okay. Uh, number one is, is the MOA thing, man. I mean, uh, you know, guys asking he's confused on MOA and all this. And, you know, immediately everybody starts coming on. It's one inch at 100, two inches at two. It's not. It's 1.047, and that matters. That's 10 and a half inches if you're just using one at a thousand. It's not 10 inches, it's 10 and a half. In software, that matters. Now, here's the deal, and I talked about this. I'm repeating myself. Stop making me repeat myself. Get, the, get it in your head that you need, like, say, 36 MOA to get a thousand yard shot. That's that three times the half inch now, okay? It's not, it's actually three and a half times, okay? It's a 5% error. If you're going to reduce an MOA to one inch, you're automatically inserting a 5% error. Like the angle that we should be working with, angles, hello, angles, that will grow the farther you go out. If you're going to try to shoot 1,500 meters or 1,500 yards and you've already introduced a 5% error into the conversation, you're screwing up. You're going to miss. This becomes noticeable even closer. And as somebody brought, you know, brought up in all this other things, if you're going to range, if you want to do reticle ranging in MOA, if you're inserting that 5% error... You, you, you're making a mistake that's already prone to having mistakes made. You're compounding the errors. That's a bad way of doing business, guys. Stop saying it's one inch at 100, two inches at two. All angles have a linear value. We know this, okay? The angle grows out from the source, and as the farther it goes the bigger the, the angle, right? The linear distance between the angle grows. So immediately defaulting to a 5% mistake is a bad way of doing business in an age when all we're talking about is shaving errors. Man, we're shaving errors with caliber. We're shaving errors with velocity. We're shaving errors by picking the right scope. We're shaving errors by going to a reticle that can subtend to 0.2 or 0.1 for ranging, right? You know, in mills, in MOA, you got quarter, you got eighth. So you're trying to shave these errors up, but then the conversation comes and somebody asks the most basic question, you know, how do I, what does that mean at 300 yards? One MOA at 300 yards is one MOA. The linear distance doesn't matter unless you're going to say my group at 300 was this big. And that's usually something you do after. None of you are going to, or I shouldn't say none of you guys. That's kind of broad and blah, bad. Anyway, so you're looking downrange. You got a new shooter. The guy's new, doesn't know him away in mills, and he's not quite sure, but I think in inches, and I'm going to do it this way, you know, and he's looking 850 yards downrange. And he's going to tell you how many inches by eyeballing it he is from the target, and then he's going to make the adjustment. No. You got a calibrated ruler, three inches in front of your nose. It's called a reticle. Measure the distance, exact 
what you see is what you get. Make the adjustment on the turret. If it says it's one M away off center, based on the reticle, you dial one M away in any direction. If it says it's a half, you dial a half. It says it's two, you make it two. But unless you're actually going down there and physically measuring it, you don't have an exact distance. I mean, let's face it, guys. This is why your wife can't drive, because you keep telling her six inches is nine. <laughs> you know? So that's what we're trying to impress. That on one end, we're trying to shave errors and increase technology and making all this stuff so much more accurate. All we're talking about is how to improve accuracy. And then we go back to old wives bullshit from 1978. You know, it's like, uh, drive me crazy. So think about this stuff when you're doing it. Start tuning yourself to the angles, whether it's mill or MOA. Start looking at these things in the proper terminology, in the proper context. You can't interchange inches per hundred yards with MOA unless you're shooting inside 500. And, you know, like I said, if you shoot by yourself, you're not doing any of this stuff. But as soon as you start using ballistic calculators, you're, you're, you're creating a problem. As soon as you start looking at these things from an accuracy standpoint, sub-MOA targets or anything like that, you're creating a problem. I mean, guys wonder why none of this stuff kind of lines up because they're, they're, they, they don't approach it, it from the same degree that they'll buy something. Okay, they, they got to be so perfect on their decision to buy. But then when they use it, it's, ah, it's an inch, ah, it's this. Well, it really isn't. Your night force scope adjusts 0.26, not 0.25. Your Leopold is 0.25. Your night force is 0.26. That matters. Understand the difference between the two. Okay, one is going to get you so far and when you get to that 1,000 yards, that's going to stack up because you put so many clicks into that scope. You know what I mean? So th that's why I, I press upon this stuff. It's an education thing, man. We're trying to educate you guys on one end. I'm trying to make you a better consumer, a better educated shooter, and then you listen to people default. When you see that written, stop and correct them. Y you know, it's... It, it's not that hard to do to, 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 to understand and work in the angle. It's not that hard to say I, I need, you know, um, 15 and a quarter MOA to hit a certain target at 600 yards. You know what I mean? But if you start kind of, if you didn't check your stuff, if you didn't fudge things, or, or if you're fudging things because you're taking shortcuts or you're just repeating what we always repeated in the past you 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 know and then people wonder why they miss you know it, it it's it's it kind of drives me a little nuts and, and gets me on edge but you know that's how it goes i mean guys are acting like we're playing semantics when we're not the ones playing semantics we're being factual we're being accurate because we know we're getting so much better in our shooting abilities so much better equipment so no longer is it this pie plate, you know, hunter mentality. We're, we're trying to get people away from that. I, I mean, it, it kind of goes to like 100 yard zero stuff. Uh, I, you know, one guy, his, his data, he was posting yesterday and his data wasn't really lining up. And then when I said, well, you got to post your stuff a little bit better. And he, and he had, you know, he had the stuff from Raton here, the sporting rifle match. And, you know, it was kind of hard to decipher. He did have a number for each target that he shot. And, and they alternated. It was funny because there was some that were shorter range targets with bigger values. And, you know, there'll be like a, a 630 yard target at a smaller value than a, a 605 yard target. And that was because there's an angle there at that rotan thing because they shoot up a little bit. I'm guessing that's what it was, unless it was an, uh, an operator error. But he had a 200-yard zero on the rifle. And unless your scope really demands it, you want a 100-yard zero. I posted a, a JBM for him, and I didn't know originally he had a 200-yard zero. 
And I did it from 100. I do everything from 100. Even my ELR guns are from 100. And um, he, it almost lined up exactly. But then it's hard to say because he has that 0. .3 mistake in there with that 200-yard error. So you're, you're now starting to play around with a little bit of math when you're comparing it to other people. You know, the, like even the hunting situations, guys want like two, 300-point-blank range zeros. Zero at 100, it's a clean zero, right? It doesn't have the wind. It doesn't have this. You could fine-tune it. You can put it where you want. If you're going to go out and hunt, just dial up the scope to your 200-yard dope or put your exact scope on. If you don't think you have the window of opportunity to dial the exact number for the target and you're just more of a point-blank range shooter, you can put that two or 300-yard dope on the rifle from your 100-yard zero Get out of your car, dial it to two, dial it to three, whatever you feel is the, is the more accurate one for your situation. Walk to your location, your hide site, and wait. Then you can do your holdover and your adjustment that way. But, I mean, it's not that hard to kind of set up, maybe have a tripod with you, a light one, whatever, laser on it, tap the target, get it, dial exact number. I mean, you look at the SIGs, the, the data's in there. And, and so work off that 100-yard zero and, and make sure you're putting in, because everything in his inputs looked correct. It's hard. I mean, you got to true, understand, you got to true this software. It's a system. We talked about this at length, right? Well, part of cleaning up that system and making sure we're, we're accurate is calibrating your scope, making sure it's right, because there is a 2 to 5% error in an awful lot of these scopes. That's why we made that scope testing tool. That tool, it, it for us in a class, it's telling us so much because I got 15 shooters on a line and every one of them is slightly off or, or moving to a degree that I can't be in your head through your scope while you're shooting. So I have to go on the external things that I can see. Taking your scope off, put it on the tracking tool and looking at it and saying, John, you got a 2.5% error in your scope. Put that in your ballistic calculator so it knows it. Well, now you're educated. Now you know what's going on. Now you can fix that, right? You can do something with that information. Rather than going, well, okay, I didn't hit this target. Why? This is off. Why? I got to true this. Why? Why, 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 why? Well, there's a process. We're talking about processes here. And these processes require you the end user, to put in the effort. This is stuff you should do day one. The first day, I mean, every we got a new rifle. We got a new scope. We got a new set of ammo. We're doing something. I just bought a brand new Bagara 6.5 Creedmoor. I picked up a Sig Tango scope, 4.6, whatever, Whiskey 5. I don't know what it is. And I put it all together. Okay, and I'm going to go to the range. I'm going to break in. Well, instead of doing that process of barrel break in, do a quick little cleaning. Here's the, here's the drill, man. Before you got the rifle, take it out of the box. Run a couple patches through it and clean it up. Wipe it down, clean it up, get it all ready. Get your scope mounted in the rings, okay? Put it on the rifle, get it set up. Whatever you got to do, if you're doing that at home, get everything set up. Take the rings off the rifle with the scope. Go to the range. Test it. Put it in a fixture. Make something. You can use the rifle, but you're going to have to lock it in. Lead sled, something like that. But you got you to gotta tracking test it. Four-foot level will do it. Uh, you can draw it on a, on a piece of cardboard and measure it. You, you want to go at, at a minimum of 36 inches tall target testing. More is better, 48.72 is better, but a minimum, 36 inches. That's your bare minimum for testing. So rather than doing your break-in, you're going to take those rounds, and that time you would be shooting, cleaning, shooting, cleaning, shooting, cleaning. You're now checking your scope. Now, mount the scope. Now you got a number. Mount it back on your rifle or take it out of the sled or whatever you did to lock it in. you got to sandbag it in so it doesn't move. See, actually, when you have it on the rifle and like that, it's better to use two people. One guy dials it while the other guy's looking and making sure nothing's moving. And do it a couple times just to get that same number because it might budge or move. Like I said, that test tool that we got and that one we used from Target USA from Jason Wood up there in Alaska, 
it's worth its weight in gold if you're doing this for real. You guys are DIYing and making their own or DIY making their own and it's it's worthwhile. You know, get an old pick rail, stick it on something heavy and and do it. That tool weighs almost 30 pounds because we don't want it to move. Remember your reticle has a value edge to edge. The number is actually to the dead center of the reticle. Edge to edge there's a, there's a, there's a, there's an offset. So you got to think about that a little bit. So anyway, do your check, go through it. Then you can put that into your ballistic calculators and stuff like that. You got to get a muzzle velocity. If you're using these apps, like the, the cheaper apps, the ballistics, the applied ballistics, all the stuff that's going to change your muzzle velocity anyway with truing, you don't need a chronograph because you're going to true from drop. That's how those work, right? They're going to say, what did you hit this number at? What did it do? And you can just put a generic starting point muzzle velocity in. You you could take the number off the box. It really doesn't matter. It's just gonna it's a it's a try dope. It's just gonna get you started, right? So you're gonna shoot. Okay, it's low. I hit low. I'm gonna dial up until I hit. Okay, I know I need this to hit that target. Well, then you're gonna go back into the app and you're gonna say at 800 yards, I needed this much MOA or this many mils to hit that target center. Make sure you draw a watermark across it so you know whether you're high or low and it might be off a little. Then the app's going to give you a new muzzle velocity, right, to true it up. So you don't have to make the investment in a chronograph if that's the kind of software you're using. And if, especially if you're shooting factory ammo, right? The, the chronograph is more the benefits for the guys reloading, for the guys who who, who are using different levels of software and things like that but if you're just using ballistics ae on your phone and you're going to use its truing or geo ballistics whatever the case take the most velocity off the box get yourself a starting point with jbm chart that you printed that you know as soon as you hit that target you're going to cross that line off throw that away and then the app will be trued up for what you're going to do you got to measure your sight height you're going to know all your ballistic data for your bullet your BCs and things like that. I'm really seeing, and I'm going to press this point, changing that BC for you, the, you know, reanalyzing the data after I did the podcast yesterday. That true BC is also fixing that wind drift issue. Because now I'm, I'm pretty convinced the wind drift problem that I see in software is because of the BC. Because... Even if your muzzle velocity fluctuates, that doesn't change how the software plays with drift. Okay? The BC will change the drifts that way, wind drift-wise, you know? So they use bullet length for spin drift. But your BC is going to change your wind drift. And because we're not truing BCs like we should be, that's what's kind of messing up that wind part in the software. So rather than constantly default into muzzle velocity, do think about learning that that truing of the BC. I think it's going to make a difference in the long run and and show that the software is actually a little bit more accurate and what it is, it's our input that's not. So cleaned up your rifle as soon as you got it. You mounted your scope in the rings and got it all leveled up. Then you took it off and you tall target tested your scope or you locked it into a lead sled or some sandbag device so it doesn't move and you tall target tested it. You inputted that data using your off-the-box muzzle velocity into your ballistic computer, understanding that track's going to get deleted and changed because it's just tri-dope. It's just getting us to hit that six-foot circle until we can fine-tune it into our half-minute, you know, x-ring then we're going to re-true and recalibrate everything based off our hit remember the hit has everything already in it then we're going to take that and you should be writing it down i'd recommend that impact data book data you're writing down that info your phone's sitting in your car while you're doing it you should have a hard copy of piece of paper with your try dope you should have another piece of paper with your actual dope predicted results predicted results we throw the predicted away. We keep the results. Then that fixes our software. We, we make the adjustments and we move on. 
Now the software is going to know how to manage all this better. I also recommend the True Range Zero stuff. Look up Hornaday's thing and think about putting that True Range Zero into your software. Don't break in your barrel. Measure exactly from point of aim, point of impact, the center of your group, left, right, up, down. Put that into the software, right? That's going to help shore up your data downrange. Let's work on, let's make 2018 the year of accuracy. Let's be that much more discerning in what we're using. Let's, let's measure this stuff. Let's put it in. Because I'm going to tell you right now, if you do it right the first time, that's less chasing you're going to do down the road. If you do it right the first time, that's more understanding of what you did. That's more understanding of the big picture out there. All right? I'm preaching, man. I'm preaching. Sunday morning, I'm preaching. NASCAR race is delayed. Friggin' raining in Atlanta. What the frig, Atlanta? It's raining. I want to watch the race. But I'm preaching. Because I'm like, I'm like a minister. You know? All hail. So... <laughs> The, the freaking Mighty Mouse King. Anyway, so here I am preaching it. So take that time. Don't break in the barrel. When you get home, you clean it. Take all that effort you would have used to break in the barrel to establish accurate drops. Focus on your fundamentals. Focus on that target and hit it. Okay? Measure the target before you shoot. If you're plus or minus, if you need a spotter, bring the spotter. Somebody out there with you can help. If, if you're not quite sure of your success, put a bigger target out there, something that can absorb the error. I mean, a lot of these, like, Ipsic stuff that people shoot is this 4M away, plus or minus. But if you need a spotter to get you on target, that's, I mean, that's what we do in class, right? Going to have the mile-high debt. I'm there, so you're not struggling. I'm going to make the corrections quicker, so we get you on the target in two to three hits rather than five to ten right you got me behind you saying okay at point three center okay just over okay good now we got a good number for you that's why i'm coaching you into that part of it after that first day of doing that well then we're going to start working on you but this is what you could be doing instead of breaking in the rifle on the very first day you get it then you go move down the line and you'll understand that much quicker. You'll have that much more success faster, right? It, it, it's, it's about reducing that trial and error. It's about the, you know, using technology today. So that way it's not a hitting a six foot NRA target and adjusting to the center and writing it. Down. We're trying to eliminate that trial and error aspect of it. Software is our shortcut. And the technology we're using, the better scopes, 100 yards zero, it's easy to find. Bore sight it, look through, get a, I, I use like, you know, um, like a, a little 10, 12 inch plate at 100. You can put something up there that you can see through the barrel. I look through the bore. I get that. I look up on the scope and I dial it in. So when I look through the bore and look through the scope, look through the bore, look through the scope, and I'm usually within four or five inches at 100. I, it's not too hard. To, to to do a quick little bore sight when you do that, make the adjustment. So you, you're you're gonna you're gonna have to do that. Remember that 20 minutes if you put if you're going from a optically centered 20m away, you're gonna have to move a bit that much or six mils, and you're gonna have to get yourself centered up and make the adjustment to to fix that correction, and and then you fine tune it into center. Do your true range zero measure it because I'm saving you time from barrel breaking. All right. I'm 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 doing you a solid. Frank's that guy. I'm saying, man, don't do that. Do this instead. You'll be that much more quicker and accurate down the road. How cool is that? So that's why we're kind of pressing that. Come on over to Sniper's Hide if you got a question. You know, in in Details, details, details matter. I mean, even in, in, in errors and login, and it's pretty funny, man. Every day I get a thing is, hey, I can't log in. Okay. Sounds sounds like a personal problem. It's like, what's your username, dude? They don't even give you a username. 
And then you'll run their email trying to help them. Like I, I, I do this all the time. and People wonder why I get cranky. I'm trying to help you. I'll pull your email address up. And you'll have a different email address from the one you sent me. So I can't even kind of reconcile the two. And, and I got to go through three emails to ask somebody for the details of their account. If you give me the details up front, whether in a post or an email, we can help. And, and this is why I'm harping on this technical data because I want the details because today in 2018, the details matter. Again, not a hunting rifle with a pie plate at 100 yards using a plex reticle. We're, we're doing stuff that's there that's broken down and subtending so fine. We want to take advantage of that. What's the point of buying all that expensive stuff if you're just going to act like a hunter with a duplex? You know, and then I'm not kind of getting down on them, but, you know, that sort of we've always done it this way. It doesn't work anymore. We're beyond that. So that's where my head's at with you guys. That's kind of what I'm, I'm trying to impress. And, and I'm reading this stuff every single day on here. And it's, it's, it's repeating the same questions. And we still get, we're still getting a full third of people giving that old bad advice. And we have to come in and correct it. And, and the problem is, is you can't go in and delete these guys who are giving bad advice. You can't go in and, and say, bad advice, get rid of it. Bad advice, get rid of it. Now, it used to be two-thirds of the responses were bad advice. Today, it's only one-third of the responses are bad advice. It's you guys I, I want to talk to, and you guys need to take this to heart. You don't need to do anything extra. You don't need to you know, go out and do some extra layers of research. It's not that big a deal. But there is a process. You can follow this process. Got the rifle out of the box. I clean it up. I take the scope out of the box. I familiarize myself with the reticle, the schematic. I see a lot of guys make copies of the reticle. Take a picture, put it in your phone, the schematic online or whatever. Print it. Go to the, go to the manufacturer website. Print the reticle you're using with the subtensions on it. Put it in your data book. Right? Now you have a reference chart. It used to be, not so much anymore, and I, and I think I've mentioned this, but it used to be where guys would show up with like Night Force reticles, the MOA ones especially, where it was 257, then it went like 2468, and they didn't even know what reticle they had, you know, because Night Force had two that were really close to each other, and they didn't go 2468, they went 257, and guys didn't know that. You're, you you owned the product and you didn't know it. So now print that stuff off, make it smaller if you have to, laminate it, do whatever you got to do. I mean, you can go into God Walgreens and they have those luggage tag laminator things. You peel them back, put it in. I use those all the time for my data sh sheets. And you can put it right in your data book. You can put it right with your equipment, put it in your rifle case. So if somebody says, hey, what is that? What does that do? And you go, well, I'm not sure. You can pull it out and you'll know. So. That's, like I said, these tools are there. The internet, Dr. Google, the whole thing, they really do help. But at the same time, it, it, it's, uh, it's a situation where we're, 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 we're focusing on the old way of doing things and distracting ourselves with those, those that are error-prone in today's world. They were error-prone back then, too. But the guy, you know, shot his deer at 70 yards that turned into 700 yards. And we're, we're doing that in, in today when we can be subtending down to that one minute or better, you know, and, and, and but you got to do it. You got to put in the effort. And if we take your effort away on one end, like barrel breaking, I want to put your effort on the other end of establishing your dope. That data, those hits on target are much more meaningful than anything else you do. And that's the point. It has everything already in it, but if, if you're not using it correctly, it can bite you. I hope this stuff's helped you guys. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I'm kind of like coming back around, and you can do it with the AB stuff like the big program, but why I'm advocating the desktop cold bore and using the desktop because it's off the range. You can look at this stuff. You can make sure, like I said, you're, you're, you're writing down all your data. 
and, and you should be using a logbook and you're writing down all this data, then you can go home and take that data and put it in the software. And with a software like Cobor that doesn't need the adjustment or has the tools to make the adjustment like the BC tool and, and, and things like that. Plus, it's got such a huge library. You can use the analyzer to determine and the error budget, for sure. The error budget is huge, especially in ELR shooting. Error budget is like the applied ballistic WES, the, uh, that, that guesstimation where they show the target and the spread. You know, oh, you're going to hit 58% of the time with this caliber under these conditions. Cobor has it too. And it's half the price of AB. If you're an AB guy, no problem. Go get that big analyzer that they have. I think it's 200 bucks, and it mounts, and it mounts but it loads on your desktop. You could do a lot of the same data. Cobor has it. Cobor Windows, the the whole thing. Um, I'm sitting here with like a little Surface tablet uh, type of deal, and I run Cobor on that. Guys with Macs, Parallels works. Bootcamp works. Um, VMware still shit, so don't even go there. I know that's how guys were doing it in the past, but now with Parallels, it's a much better system to run this data in a Windows uh, window in your Mac. But very little software is available for Macs, so you have to port to Windows. I don't like it porting it, so I just grabbed the Surface and, and did it that way. But I think if you look at this stuff on the analyzers from your desktop, you'll get that much uh, better understanding without the distraction of the range in your phone. You know, it's too many people default to playing with their phones like, an, like a toy, you know, like it's, like it's a game. You know, we're not playing uh, Candy Crush with it in, in using it like that. It, it's, 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 it's a tool, man. It's, it's, it's software that was used by the military that was a tool. And so that's why I'd rather see you work on it away from when you should be focusing on your shooting and doing things that way. But um, it's all good. It's 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 more bringing understanding. It's more doing this. It's it's knowing the directions to go when you're truing things. What truing is actually doing? How you're bending the curve? Are you raising your muzzle velocity and not adjusting the BC? Are you adjust the BC in 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 balancing your muzzle velocity? It you know different programs attack this problem in a different way. Uh, guys are asking about the um, like Trimble units for field firing solution or cold bore. The Trimble units are really expensive. They're big and heavy. I have a couple. I like them. I, I really do. Um, it, I wish I they weren't as big and I did carry them more. And unfortunately, I'm not. But at the same time, I do think they're, they're a really good device. You can get the Juno. It's expensive too. But what I did find is the desktop. And then use that desktop tool, then get a Windows refurbished phone. It is a third of the price of a Trimble unit. I have mine with no SIM card in it, but I also noticed like some of the um like the Verizons and the AT&Ts will give you like a second phone line with a Windows phone. And because nobody here uses those damn things, you can get it for like eight, nine dollars a month extra. It's like pennies on the dollar at a window to get a, a working Windows phone if you wanted something like that. You said, I have a refurbished one, no SIM card in it. You connect through Wi-Fi. So, it, it, you know, you only can do some of those things like the GPS shooting and, and stuff like that if you have a Wi-Fi connection um, because you don't have a cellular. If you have the cellular, then you can use some of the GPS functioning um, things and, and, and stuff that's in there. But for a base kind of ballistic solver, that's really good. And you can, you can work that in both directions because you could save it to the cloud, pull it down to the computer, work on it on the computer, put it back up to the cloud, bring it back to the phone and then use it in the field. And, and I have this cheap little old Nokia thing that when it, when I reset it and default it, cause sometimes it'll screw up every now and then it, it, it's typical, you know how it works with the phones and everything. When I reset it and default it back to zero, it's like defaults back to Polish. So it came from Europe or somewhere and, and it defaults to Polish every time. So if I take it and then, you know, put it back together and then it's just like an app, you, you load Coldboard back into it. Then you just go to the OneDrive cloud, pull your data back down, 
put it back into the tracks and you're good. You never lose it. You know, so even if you do have to zap the phone and you're traveling and you're in a hotel room, you can zap it in your room, redo it the way it's supposed to, download the app in the room, and then grab your tracks off the cloud, and the next morning, you're still good to go. So even if something happened, that, that tends to happen with these electronics, you could fix the problem. You know what I mean? So it's there, it's fixable, and... and, and to me, it's cheaper than the Trimble units. It's small. It's phone size. Uh, the Nokia is actually pretty bulletproof, the one that I got. I don't know which model it is. Uh, I think it's downstairs charging. And, and I just keep it plugged in. The battery's dying. And like I said, I, probably in the, at some point in this year, because it is older, I'll get another one. And with them dumping Windows phones and finding refurbished places in Europe and all around still use it a lot more than we do in the U.S. So you could find them. You know, and as long as you got a Windows on it, you're good, man. Cold borrow load. And and you can do that stuff. And then you have a dedicated device and, and you don't have to worry about bringing your phone to the field and not getting distracted with that. I like it because I still got a phone. It still has the same features in the whole thing. I leave my real phone in the car, especially like you go to cores and stuff like that where it's downpouring all the time. Always rains when I'm down there. Freaking rains like, you know, torrential downpour action. My real phone sitting in the car and you know this this fake one i can carry and not worry about it because it was you know like i said it was refurbished i own it it's 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 pennies on the dollar it's it's no big deal but it gives me access to solid data from an app that has you know an engine that's beyond robust and that data interchange from the desktop so I know I'm going back and forth. I keep repeating this stuff and, and it's just because, you know, I've said it I, and I got to love this. I like, I appreciate you guys who are now linking people to the everyday sniper. How, how money is that there, Mike, that people are linking guys who are asking questions on Sniper's Hide to the everyday sniper podcast. They're out there saying, Frank just talked about that. Frank brought that up yesterday. Frank brought that up in episode 17. Frank did that in episode 15. So that's a cool way of seeing this stuff progress. And this is why I'm doing it. So I'm, I'm reaching out to you guys to adjust your priorities. Okay? This is my Sunday morning sermon. My sermon. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. Anyway, I'm not making fun of you. I'm just, I'm just doing it. But anyway... So that's the way that I'm suggesting you guys attack this problem by readjusting priorities to put the focus to where we know it works and to stop repeating the things we know don't work. All righty. And speaking of that stuff, I'm gonna, I want to show you the visual on this hard copy that I've been talking about. Right? We were talking about the wind the other day. We talked about the wind a couple times. And how this, and, and people were asking me about the G1BC and the wind and the whole thing. And I printed out in, in this, we were talking, this is off of cold bore. Okay, I printed out the wind charts because you can print just wind. And it's 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12 across the top. And then it goes down to however far you want. You can you can do it every, every 5 to 20, whatever number you want to break it down with yard line wise. Um, with the wind, you could probably almost get away with 100 yards, but I have a big old full sheet printed out here f- from the, uh, the, what do you call it? The, um, uh, God, I'm, I'm losing my mind here. The, the Tika, the seven twist 260 Tika that I said I trued to BC. Now the BC on that published 545 trued, I finalized the track at 0.625 i bumped the muzzle velocity just a little bit because it gave me better a better recipe on both ends a better prescription on both sides it didn't weight one like short range better than long range i balanced it right dead center by 25 feet per second tweak on the muzzle velocity and then a bc tweak using cold bore software so we're talking about g1 and i don't know if you guys have noticed i still continue to talk g1 because cold bore is not G-dependent. That's the beauty of it. It doesn't care what value you use. It gives you equally successful results. And that's the difference between how much adjustment he makes 
See, Gus understands G1 has a, a limitation. Well, he fixes it in the software. Instead of just saying, well, there's a limitation there and I know about it, but I'm not going to do anything because, yeah, it's on you. He fixes it. So here's my G1. And I'm going to read this to you. I, I have it from 200 yards to 1,200 yards. This, right? This is, I can post this because it's screenshotted and the whole thing. And so I printed it. So two, four, six mile an hour column. I go to the 600 yard mile an hour column. 200 yards, 0.1. 300 yards, 0.2. I'm reading it. 400 yards, 0.3. 500 yards, 0.4. 600 yards, 0.5. 700 yards, 0.6, 800 yards, 0.7. You see what a hard copy does? Patterns. We talked about patterns, consistencies, patterns. 800 yards, 0.7, 900 yards, 0.8, 1,000 yards, 0.9, 1,100 yards, 1 mil. 1,200 yards, 1.2. Did you get that? Do I need to repeat it? 200 is 1, 300 is 2, 400 is 3, 500 is 4, 600 is 5, 700 is 6, 800 is 7, 900 is 8, 1,000 is 9, 1,100 is 10, 1,200 is 12. Slowing down. Got it? Patterns, printing it out, looking at it in hard copy, big picture, full sheet of paper. It's black and white. Is it perfect? Minute of man perfect, maybe even better. We don't know. Got to go out and shoot it. But I get what? It's better than the alternatives because when I did the JBM chart, the wind was double this. So you got a choice. You could pull JBM or AB because AB was double as well. Print the wind charts out, win, important, valuable. Print both of them out, see which one works. They both should do it this way, but this one is for my exact rifle, Trude. I'm willing to bet that's pretty darn close. 0.6 BC, 0.6 mile an hour, right at point, but 6 mile an hour wind, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. You think you can work with that? I do. I think it's easy to remember. You can do variations. A little more, add a little more. A little less, add a little less. But it's a pattern. You can see where these patterns go. So that's why I'm advocating for you guys to change your priorities. Change your philosophy. Don't do what we've always did just because we've always done it. We got all new modern tools. All right, I'm sitting here with all kinds of fanciness, from the microphone and the computer to the processor to, you know, to all this stuff just to bring this to you, the app. I don't have a radio station. I have the internet. So now I'm DJ Frank, all right, spinning the best tunes. And I can broadcast this to everybody. Back in the day, we needed a radio station or a TV station to get this to you. Now I got YouTube. I got Sniper's Hide. I got this. The pod beam. And we're disseminating information out in a way that never did. I'm trying to get rid of that game of telephone. I know it still exists. But I'm there so somebody can say, no, that's not what he said. That's not how it went. Look, go over here. You can now listen to it anytime you want. You don't have to wait for the reruns. Even though I am rerunning myself quite a bit. I'm repeating a lot. And I and I know that and and. Unfortunately, it's just because I see it that way and, and there are questions because I'm just giving this to you in 45, 50 minute blocks. So, you know, you're getting, you're getting classroom Chinese water tortured to you. But this is what I teach in class. This is what we talk about at class. This is when we're sitting around and, and everybody's bullshitting at lunch or breakfast. When we're, we're asking these questions that I may not answer at a class. You know, you come to the Mile High Deck class, come to the Alaska Precision Rifle, come up when we were in New York and all, and we're all together. We're usually there the whole time. You got open access to Mike and Frank. So 
that way there, you can say, hey, what about? Hey, you didn't mention. Hey, clarify. Hey, this doesn't seem right. Okay, here's the deal. In an hour, we're going to be on the range. We're having breakfast. Let's try it. Let's do it. We can put it into practice in front of you and show you. That's why you get the, the loyalty of people who've taken the class because you, you're able to demonstrate these principles to them and they no longer become Frank's opinion of something. They become a, a verified reality. I'm all about the real world results, man. What you're doing downrange is what matters, if whether you hit it or miss, okay? And it's it's got to be more than just walking into the target. It's got to be more than miss, miss, you know, remembering the positives and, you know, pushing those negatives out of your mind. Nobody ever remembers the missed stuff. Nobody remembers they fired, you know, 15 shots and then got the hit at a mile. They just remember they hit at a mile. Oh, I hit at a mile. It was no big deal. Yeah, you shot the 15 shots in like three minutes. That's why it didn't take that long. You know, oh, it wasn't that hard. I got it right. Yeah, three minutes, you shot 15 times. Then you hit it. You know, let's get it to where you get it in that three. You know, sniper mantra. I want to bring it back to that. That sniper mantra. No more than three shots from any one position. The everyday sniper says you shoot three and you move. Right? That's a safety problem, man. That's a, that's a, that's what we're doing that for. So it doesn't come back at me. So I don't eat a mortar round. You know? One, two, three, I'm out of there. If you can't get it done in that three, it doesn't count. That's why the ELR guys, three for three now. If you can't get it done in three, it don't count, man. Right? That's what our goal is. Now, new shooters, when we're doping stuff, I give them five. I'm fine with five. No problem at all. But if you haven't got your hit in your five, you need to rethink how you're addressing that problem. And this is what I'm doing. I'm giving you a new tool to help you do that by changing priorities, by changing the way you do business instead of doing business how they always have. So... That's my that's my sermon for a Sunday morning. Gonna go see if they started the race yet. Cars going fast to the left. Like you guys probably aren't even driving. You're probably just sitting there stuck in traffic. I'm in my slippers, man. I love my slippers. So, alrighty, this has been Frank at the Everyday Sniper. We're gonna get over to Mile High and talk to them. Uh, deck classes. People have been asking May. We got openings in May. We're going to do August as well. So vacation-wise for people, if you want to do August, you can get with Dorothy. And we're going to have the August class all flushed out. Uh, we'll probably do August and October uh, the way it go. Every other month is what I'm doing right now, just until we get everything established with the debt people. Um, so definitely, you know, if you want a class, if you want a class in your area, if you're listening to this and you got a local range, if it's got a, if it's got a, like a clubhouse I can use as a classroom, it's got a, I like a thousand yard range. I'm honestly, if it's under 800, it's going to be tough. I, I can do the fundamentals, the two day stuff. I can, I can do it, but I, I'd like to see a thousand yard range. If you're in the U S 10 students is usually all I need as a minimum. If you're outside the U.S., we're talking more seminar. But um, if, get with your clubs. See what the rental fees are going to be for taking up days of the range because we're going to have to rent that range from them, right? You know, that kind of stuff. We pay, like Alaska, we pay the range, so we have it. So find out what that's going to cost because that's got to kind of be figured in. We'll get the people out there, and I'll show you. I'll come out and show you. Mobile class is a piece of cake. All righty. Otherwise, Sniper's Hide Online Training's back up and running. I still got a couple videos. I talk about all this in videos. There's All this information is in the Sniper's Hide Online Training. It's $15 a month, reoccurring. It goes through PayPal, automatically comes out. I know guys don't like PayPal, but it works seamlessly with the software. And, and it just is what it is. But $15 a month, man. That's less than a box of ammo to get in on the online training. Right, You can ask these questions directly. I can answer them. Guys are saying, hey, can you show me? Yeah, I'll do the video. I'm not doing it out in the public because like I said, I, I you know, making the $15 is, is a little bit better. This is my free give back. 
you know, the YouTube videos where I do a teaser is my free give back. But I, you know, like, like the Joker says, if you're good at something, never do it for free. That kind of stuff. I, I kind of look at myself as the Dark Knight, Keith Ledger, Joker, you know, make this pencil disappear. Gone. But, um, you know, why didn't you kill Batman? Because if you're free or if you're good, don't do it for free. And that's it. So I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not out to, to, to um, live in a million dollar house. That ain't how it works. I'm not, you know, I'm not driving Ferraris. It, 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 it is what it is, man. We get, we give back as, as much as we can, but $15 a month, sniper side online training, hit the upgrade button on the top, get in there. And we're going to start rolling with the new questions. It's all put back. New software it plays great on the phone. So you, you can watch the videos. You can sit in your car at the range, watch a video, go out and put it into practice if you want. And, and I'm, you know, I constantly repeat those fundamentals. I constantly repeat my process. When you see me get behind a rifle, I do it the same way every time on those videos. You know, it's easy to get lazy with some of this stuff. So watch the consistency. Watch the repetition. Remember, it's 3,000 repetitions to create a new positive narrow pathway. It's 9,000 to fix a broken one. A lot of reps, man. So we're always doing those reps for people. All righty. Thanks for listening. This has been the Everyday Sniper with Frank from Sniper's Hide at snipershide.com. Mike from Mile High Shooting. You can reach him at 303-255-9999. That's where you go to buy something, man. You want to get a product and you want to know which one's better for me. Uh, I know guys are going the, the left-handed AT. Somebody's asking me about that the other day. Mike's the guy to call. He's there working the counter at Mile High. They got everything you guys need there from nylon to rifles to ammo to all this stuff we talk about, kestrels, lasers, everything's there, the scopes for sure. And and you can reach him and, and ask him some of the buying questions. It's a little easier than me, like I said, because I'm not a retail guy and I don't know the retail. Don't ask me your price. I don't know it. I, I really don't. I got I look it up just as much as you do. I go to like SWFA or Optics Planet or somebody and look up the price. So that's my only thing. I'm 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 the I'm the range guy. Mike's the Mike's the buying guide. Alrighty. Thanks a lot. Have a great week.